It is good to see everybody today. It's such a privilege we can come out as the people of God to worship together. We have several guests with us this morning, and we really want to thank you for being here. We love having company. And we hope that as we make an effort to worship God together, that He will be glorified, and that each one of us will have our faith strengthened by being here together. And if you are one of our guests, or if you're someone that's here all the time, and we say something this morning or do something this morning that you have some questions about that you'd like to talk about, would absolutely love to have the opportunity to do that. About six weeks ago, I stood up and surprised people a little bit by looking out across the audience and saying, why are you here? And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about why we exist as a community of believers, why as a, as a spiritual family we're here. And making an effort to, to talk about God's purpose for us, and not only talk about God's purpose for us, but to talk about how each one of us fit into that plan or that process. This morning I want to bring things to a conclusion as we get ready to look at a new year. Try to bring these threads together as we think about our purpose as a people, the role, the part that each one of us play in that. We bring these together and we think about the process of not only recognizing the purpose that God has for us, but how I, me, looking in a mirror, thinking about my own life, how I play a part in that. And let's never lose sight of the fact that as we think about our purpose for being here, we go back to Jesus. Jesus is the reason we're here. Jesus is the source of the purpose that we have for existing. And Jesus not only provides us with that purpose, that it is absolutely incumbent upon us to recognize. But Jesus provides for us the process by which we accomplish that purpose. And we see Jesus doing that not only now for us, but Jesus has done it from the very beginning. Jesus provided the purpose and also the process. Let's begin this morning by looking at that just a little bit. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said, I have a purpose. My purpose is I'm going to create my people. Jesus said, I came into this world to create a special people for myself, to call them out of darkness into my marvelous light. He said, I will build my church. I will build my people. He gives a purpose. And then shortly before he goes back into heaven, he describes a process. The process for doing that would be, as he would say to the apostles, go make disciples. And not only would he tell them to go make disciples, he would tell them how going and making disciples, how that comes about. You see, going and making disciples would be something that would be a two-step process. That two-step process would involve teaching and baptizing them. And then the second part of that process would be teaching them some more. Teaching them to be Christians, how to become Christians, but not stopping at that point. Because a disciple isn't someone who simply made that first step. A disciple is someone who, who is learning to be like Jesus and to accomplish Jesus' purpose for His people on this earth. And there was a process that the disciples were engaged in. And that process was something that was very much hands-on. Because he was gonna, they were going to start out accomplishing His purpose. The incredible challenge that would be for these men. And so Jesus spent his time with them, engaging them and enabling them in that process. 
Let me give you a, a, a NASCAR version of this. We're going to run over several things very quickly. He taught them how to deal with each other. And that was going to be challenging because of the difference in their backgrounds. When you take a tax collector like Matthew and you put him with a, a, basically a terrorist against the Roman government, like the zealot in the group, they're going to have to learn how to get along with each other. That's going to be a challenge. And also the conflicts that would arise as, as they contemplated the incredibly lofty position that they held relative to the Messiah. That things would happen like Luke chapter 9, verse 46, where arguments would break out amongst them as to who would be the greatest. So they had experience in dealing with others. They had experience in dealing with resistance and, opportunity, and opposition. Matthew chapter 15, verse 2, the religious leaders would come to Jesus and the disciples and say, why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Opposition was going to arise. Persecution would follow. Jesus taught them how to deal with that. The model of life and the teaching that Jesus would do. We can look at all four Gospels, the whole thing is for this. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, in the middle of a section of, of parables. Jesus is demonstrating how you teach, how you deal with people, how you work with people by His life and His words so that His disciples would come to Him and say, Okay, Jesus, why do you teach the way you teach? Why do you talk to people the way you talk to them? What do we learn from that? The model of life and teaching. And He also taught them how to stay on task. John chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, the great story of Jesus at the well talking to the Samaritan woman. The disciples have gone to, to get food because it's the time of day when normal uh, response and normal reaction to things is to be hungry. The disciples come back and see that Jesus has been talking to this woman and they say, here Rabbi, take the food and eat. And Jesus says, I've got to stay on task. I've got to stay focused. I have food to eat that you do not know about. Or John chapter 11, verse 9, when he's explaining why they need to go back to Judea in connection with the, the death of, of Lazarus in spite of the danger they face. Jesus would say, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. Jesus said, we've got to stay focused. We've got to stay on task. Jesus taught them their attitude about material things. Luke chapter 9, verse 48 Jesus would say concerning Himself, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. How to feel about how the work they're doing is going to affect their prosperity. Or Matthew chapter 19, verse 27, when Jesus uh, would respond to Peter's question of, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? Part of the process of accomplishing Jesus' purpose it's going to be to deal with stuff like that. It's going to be to, to understand the results that can be expected. Matthew chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. He tells the parable of the sower. And, and, and please make no mistake about Matthew chapter 13, uh, verses 4 and 5. The entire parable and that entire chapter. That is a chapter to cause the disciples to understand what to expect when they go preach. A whole series of things. He's talking to the disciples and saying, look guys... Your job is to go out and spread the seed, sow the seed. Some people are going to react well and some people are not going to react well. This is what you can expect when I send you out. Don't be surprised when sometimes the response isn't very good because you're going to deal with hearts. Hearts that are not receptive to the gospel. 
And we could go on and on, understanding setback and failure. They've been sent out and they're, and they're, they're working to cast out demons and, and they're unable to on this occasion in Matthew chapter 17. And the disciples come to Jesus privately, and don't blame them for it being privately, and say, why could we not drive it out? You think that might have been embarrassing? Here we are, we're disciples of Jesus, we have power, we're going to cast out this demon. Demon, come out. Oops. <laughs> going to be a little awkward there, a little bit difficult. Lord, why could we not cast this demon out? So understanding setback and failure and learning to trust in God. Trusting in God for the strength that they would need to accomplish the task. Trusting in God for the success they would have. Matthew chapter 10. Incredible chapter talking about, again, how they should feel about what they're going to experience as they go out and do, and do the work that Jesus sends them to do. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear Him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. And then continues to talk about the incredible care, the awareness and the care that God provides for His people who are accomplishing His purpose. You see, Jesus provides for us not only our purpose, but He provides for us the process as well. And now as 2018 is just slapping us in the face, and I'm so amazed by that. I'm obviously getting old. I used to hear people talk about, where did that year go? And I would try to keep from, you know, stay kind of expressionless here, but I'm thinking in my head, how old are you? <laughs> I don't think I ever got used to writing 2017. 2018, slapping us right in the face here. As we think about the, the purpose that God has for us and the role we play in that, I want us to finish this up today. I want to finish this series up today by getting very, very personal, very practical. Let's go back, and I want to ask this question. Where are you? Don't look at the person sitting next to you. Don't look at the person sitting in front of you. Don't, don't, don't think to, to, to somebody else. Where are you? Now, I realize if, if, this is, if this is the first time you've been with us during this series, Get the CDs. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the time to go back and really define how I'm using all these terms. Are, are you part of the community? Are you somebody that just kind of happened in today or somebody invited you and this is the first time you're here? If that's you, that's great. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Hope you come back next week. Next week I'm going to tell the story of Jesus and do so from, in a way that may be a little different than you've heard it before. Come back and be with us again. It may be that this isn't your first time here. You didn't just happen to wander in off the street. It may be that you're kind of part of the crowd. You, you come here just all along. But you still think of this group as, as, as y'all if you're from the south. Or, or, or whatever if you're somewhere else. You don't think of it as us. You think of it as them. You're part of the crowd. Or it may be that you're here this morning. You're part of a congregation. In fact, you're in the directory. You would refer to it as, yes, that's the group that I'm a part of. Or it may be that you're here this morning and, and you're not only part of the congregation, but you're, gonna, you're part of those that can be described as those who are committed. Those that are around, those that are dependable, those who, who take some, some role, some responsibility for what takes place. Or 
it may be that you're here this morning and you're part of what has been described as, as the core. Kind of the glue that holds things together. The people that, that keep things running. The always, anywhere, every time kind of people. Find yourself in there. Identify yourself. Take ownership of it. Be honest. And then our challenge is in 2018 that you find the way to take it to the next level. And as we really bring these things together that we've been talking about for the last few weeks, we're really talking about accomplishing our purpose and taking things to the next level. Let me illustrate that briefly. When we're talking about the moving, taking it to the next level, going from the community to the crowd, that's a wonderful step. Or even if we're talking about going from the crowd to the congregation, what are we doing as that takes place? Well, the, the glory of God is being done to the glory of God. It's demonstrating the glory of God. It's demonstrating the wisdom of God. We're accomplishing God's purpose for us. It is building His people. It's building His church. It's the process of evangelism. So when we talk about individuals taking it to the next level, we're also talking about accomplishing things that we've identified from the Scripture as being part of His purpose. When we're talking about going from the congregation to the committed or the committed to the core, we're talking about building up the body. We're talking about edification. We're talking about service that we render to God. These are all things that are a part of the purpose of God for us. Things that we are accomplishing as we bring these two, these two streams together into one. And as we think now about the process, just for, just for a few minutes... As we think about the process of how we accomplish this, I want to challenge us as a group here. I want to challenge us as we think about this process for us to find the courage, a courage that is based on our, our focus on Jesus and our desire to accomplish His purpose in our life that causes us to question everything we do. Everything that is a part of the process. Everything's one of those funny words. You use the word everything, and, and it, what we probably find ourselves doing is, well, everything doesn't include this, and everything doesn't include that, and everything doesn't include that. Everything. What am I talking about? I'm talking about things like the, the configuration of the building, the bulletin board and the foyer, the signage, the care groups, the way we do our classes, our summer series, our schedule of services, down to the pencils and the rack. Everything. And you look at that list, and it cut off the et cetera at the bottom. That's the bad thing about these fancy, these fancy slides. It cut off the et cetera at the bottom. Everything. Eyes get big, and somebody says... Well, is nothing sacred? Yeah, there are some things that are sacred. God's purpose for us is sacred. God's plan for how we accomplish what we do is sacred. And our responsibility to do the very best job we can accomplishing His purpose, that's sacred. And we cannot allow parts of the process that we have built in to become a hindrance to that process. Everything we do, 
Everything we do, we have to ask the questions, how does it function to accomplish the purpose that Jesus gave us? And how do we use the tools, the means, the materials that we have? How do we use them in the right way? And how do we be sure that, that we have the right ones that we're using? Let me tell you what, it's, it's not. It's not what has always been done. I'll tell you about my, when my mama came along. Hi, Mom. She listens to these on the, the Internet. There was somebody that had the job of keeping water in the trough in front of the church building. You know why somebody had the job of keeping water in the trough in front of the church building? Because people came in wagons pulled by horses. We do a list here of responsibilities. We don't have a water in the trough guy. There used to be somebody who had the responsibility of buying the kerosene for the lamps. There used to be somebody who had to show up a few minutes early. Now, you folks from Florida can't relate to this probably. But somebody that had to show up a few minutes early because they were going to light the heaters. In fact, one morning I lost a, a hair up here and eyebrows and eyelashes because it felt my task to be the one that lit the heaters. We don't do that anymore. We don't do it that way. Because that's not the, the, the most efficient, the most effective way to accomplish God's purpose for us. What has always been done doesn't matter. It doesn't count. What everyone else does. That's not it either. We look around and say, ooh, you know, the, the, the churches in Tampa do this. That's not how we decide it. It's not how one particular demographic or one particular subset within the group feels about it. It's not what we can or can't do because we got the squeaky wheel that's got to be greased. And it's not even what is the most comfortable for us because this is not about us. This is about God's purpose for us. That's what it's about. And so we have to ask ourselves the question with every single thing we do, how it complements, how it works with the mission that we're on. Because if it's not working with it, if it's not complementing the mission, it's doing something else. It's competing with it. Or it's draining energy and, and resources for, for something else. It's confusing and, and, and distracting. How does everything we do work in a positive, discernible way to accomplish God's purpose? And how, do, how are we able to define success in what we do? We have to have a goal in mind. We have, to, we have to know where we want to be. We have to know what we're trying to accomplish. And we've been talking about that. We've been talking about what God's purpose for us, what He wants us to accomplish. We have to have that goal in mind. And we have to have a clear picture with everything we do of, of what success looks like and how that contributes to that success. I want to think about it this way. I want you to imagine something that, that my family can relate to because they've all had to do a time or two. Let's say we're going to take a trip. And this trip's going to involve three countries and two weeks. And you can take everything you can put in your backpack. Y'all like the sound of that? Everything you can put in your backpack. 
Are you going to pack carefully? Are you going to look at every single thing you put in there and say, is this really important? Is this valuable? That's what we got to do as, as God's people in figuring out how we're going to accomplish our mission. We have limited time. We have limited resources. We have to look at everything down to the pencil in the rack and say, how does this contribute to what we're, what we're about? Because it's only when we do that that we have the, the ability to evaluate the, the, the process that we're using and what it produces. And we have to communicate that vision and re-communicate that vision amongst ourselves. So each one of us will know what it's all about. We can all be enabled by that. Each one of us. Where do we fit into this picture? What is the best role that you can play? What is the best understanding of the overall, the reason that we're here and how each one of us fit into that, that we can possibly communicate? And the very best equipment that you can possibly be given for each person here, for you, for your own spiritual growth, and also as a part of the body. And those two things are inseparable. Remember that text that we've talked about a couple of times already from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, where Paul talks about the physical body as, as the pattern for this. And he talks about what every joint supplies. And it's only as every joint is functioning properly and supplying its part that the body as a whole works together and works together most effectively for accomplishing God's purpose. And so I challenge you this morning to ask yourself that question. What role, do, what role can you best play? How can we help you understand that better? How can we equip you for it? As a part of the body, remembering what this is all about, when we're accomplishing, when we're talking about accomplishing our purpose, identifying the purpose and accomplishing the purpose, why we're doing it. We're not doing it because we want to be the biggest church in town. We're not doing it because we want others, you know, people from the outside to look at us and say, wow, they're great, they're wonderful, they're successful, they're amazing. We're doing it because Jesus died to enable us to be a part of His purpose, to be part of His body, to be part of His mission. We're so focused on accomplishing God's purpose for us because King Jesus, King Jesus commands us to do that. And we're focused on these things because King Jesus is coming back someday and He's going to be Judge Jesus. And that is the expectation that He has for us. And we'll simply end not only this morning. That startled you. We don't get out this early usually, do you? We'll end this morning by asking this question. 
And I, I, I don't know. Some of you can see this picture better than others. I'll just describe the picture and leave it there. There's a fellow digging a ditch and there's three people watching him. Will you get on board with the process? Will you pick up a shovel? And can we count on each other? Each one of us count on each other to work together to accomplish the purpose for which God has created us. It all ultimately goes back to the salvation of souls. And even as we come to an end this morning, that's our focus. Jesus, the Son of God, left heaven, came to this earth and died for your sins, for my sins, so that we could not only be forgiven, but we could be made part of a very special people and a very special purpose. But it may be that there's somebody here this morning that, that, that's not a part of that. You're still lost in your sin. Change that today. Have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. As somebody who understands who Jesus is and, and you're so motivated by that, you're willing to, to turn away from your sins. After all, that's what got you into the mess to begin with. Turn away from your sins and acknowledge who Jesus is and be baptized to have your sins washed away. We'd love to help you do that this morning. Or it may be that there's a Christian here this morning with a spiritual, a spiritual need, a spiritual challenge in your life, and it would be good if we could all pray together. If we could help you with either, won't you come as we stand and sing the song that Doug's announced? Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Seeking Him Lakeland.